Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast, where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. I'm your HIV positive host, Miss Jennifer Lee Vaughn, and this is episode 69. And yeah, although it would be obvious to make some sexual innuendo about that number, I'm just going to say and share right now that I think it is the most ridiculous sexual position. It is. It's so dumb. People brag about this all the time. All right, end of 69. It is literally impossible to uh, work on someone while concentrating on the work that's being done on you. This is nearly impossible. And I, I've never understood why this is so much fun for everybody. Plus, I really, really don't want to stare your asshole. I mean, really, that's the bottom line. It's just not my thing. So yeah, 69, you guys can take it. Ugh, no, thank you. And I'm not a prude, but it to me, the whole thing doesn't make sense. My brain can't work it out. And I just it's not pleasurable in any way. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's like having a freaking exam while I'm giving an exam. I don't know. It's just it's not sexy. It's, yeah. Okay. Enough of that. Um, just in case there's any um, l- um, underage listeners. Okay. So um, I I needed to get this off my chest. Um, so I decided to do a podcast right now because something just transpired a couple of hours hours ago um, that has to do with um, Tinder and dating. And it's all fresh. It's freshy fresh in my head. And I need to talk about it and get it out because I know if I wait a couple days, I won't feel the same way. And I really don't know what's going to happen in a couple days. So I did want to just talk right now while I'm on the edge, while I'm feeling this angst, while I'm really feeling the HIV stigma. So um, by the way, thank you for choosing me and thank you for listening. Okay, so getting right into it. Okay, last time I was on, I talked about the fact that I had gotten back onto Tinder after taking a little break and, um, you know, I, nothing's really happened. I haven't met anybody, but there was one person that we did exchange phone numbers and I liked his vibe and he was the one that had invited me over to his place to hot tub. And he said, come over and do some shots. He was like, (laughs) he was, um, yeah, he wanted me to come over and have uh, tequila shots. I didn't know anything about him really, although there was a picture of him in his profile with a firefighter uh, jacket on, but I don't think he had the full gear on. And so I thought it was like, maybe he just does the part-time thing in the summer sometimes. Like I wasn't even totally sure. Um, So I didn't pin him as a full-on firefighter, which he is. But anyways, I didn't know that. I really didn't know what he did. I thought he probably does construction or who knows, maybe he's just like um, unemployed as most of the guys on Tinder are. So I really didn't know. But he just said, yeah, do you want to come over? It it was cute. He said, you know, do some tequila shots and um, go hot tubbing. But I don't know this person at all. And um, I said, okay, so here's the deal. I like, I, my rule is I have to meet you in public first. And, um, and if there's a vibe, then yeah, I'm, I'm game for all that. But I like, I need to like, know that you're not going to like, you know, I need to see that, like, first of all, that I'm into him, like when I meet him in person, that he doesn't have some really weird walk or, you know, you know, there's just things that you can be like, oh, I didn't see that in a picture and 
all comes out very clearly when you meet somebody in person. But I didn't really get that I was going to get that vibe from him. But still, I didn't want to give him, uh, what is it, the, the, what's the cow and milk analogy? I, you know what I mean? I, whatever. I didn't want to give him that, but I, I, and I wanted to, I really truly didn't know who he was. He's a stranger. And so I wanted to meet him in public first and just make sure everything was good. Um, and like, it's not like I haven't met people <laughs> without meeting them in public first and it's not the smartest thing to do. So I'm trying to be more smart, more smart about that. So, um, he was cool with that. And he said, totally understand. And, um, I'm not sure if that was all before, Oh yeah, it was. It was all before Thanksgiving. And then I said, happy Thanksgiving to him on Thanksgiving. Cause a couple days went by and he said, happy Thanksgiving, like way later in the day. And I was like, oh, okay, I honestly wasn't even sure if he was going to say anything again, but he did. And then, um, a couple days went by and he said that he, uh, had thought about me in the morning. He woke up and thought about me or something. And he said, you know, something about what are you up to or something or like, what's you know not, not like right then but you just want to know what I was up to so I just said oh I love that that's awesome you thought about me this morning and that's great and so what ensued was a conversation basically all day long through text and that was yesterday and um he was texting perfectly like he wasn't overdoing it um I don't think he's putting any thought into it it's just how he is and that's what I like um, when guys aren't over the top with their texting or, you know what I mean? Like they come on too strong or that they want, um, pictures of you before they've met you. And they're asking for, in fact, I blew it because he asked me to send him a cute picture. And most guys want us some type of like nude picture, right? That's like so typical. And honestly, to me, that's like really boring because, you're just giving it all up before you even meet them. But it's like, Oh God, here we go. It's just the same old asking for a picture. He literally meant a cute picture. Like he didn't mean a body picture. So dumb, dumb me, I sent him a picture of my back and it was taken in my bathroom, like over my shoulder. It was kind of like candlelit in my bathroom. So the, the lighting looked good. And, um, and it was just, I had a black G string on it and he could only see like the top part of my, my butt. And he said, Oh damn. And he said, I wasn't expecting that, but he goes, you already know you look good. And he goes, and he's, and I was like, Oh, I, I felt so stupid. I said, Oh my God, like you're literally a gentleman. I'm not used to that. Like most guys don't, they usually want like a body picture or whatever. And he goes, make me work for it. He goes, it'll make it more interesting and our, or make, it'll make me want it more or want you more or whatever. And I was like, Oh my God, like, Ooh, yes. <laughs> like this guy's got like, he knows what he's talking about. I love it. So that like made me very intrigued because I, the whole, just wanting my picture, like thinking it was a body picture. And I was just like, Oh, yawn. Cause that to me is just so boring. And, and then what do they do? They always end up sending you a picture of their dick and I don't want that. So, um, I didn't even have to tell him not to do that. Cause that's not how he is. And I'm sure he's just fine. Like I, that's the best thing is when guys aren't bragging and they're not wanting to show anything and because they're confident, they already know they've got it going on. So, um, which it doesn't even matter. I'm not, not picky about that anyways, but I can't stand guys sending pictures. Like somebody sent me a picture last week. Um, I, I said, because I wasn't totally um, sure about him, I couldn't tell really what was going on. 
like, I don't want like somebody who's super skinny, you know? And so I did ask him for a, a body picture, like his chest. And he took a picture, but he had pulled, I don't know, his shorts were down so far that I could literally see like the top part of his ween, like pressed against his nuts. And it was like, I mean, everything was flaccid, but it was like, ew, like, uh. I didn't like, why did you do that? Like I didn't. And I said, Oh, like, Hey, just so you know, I'm not into dick pics. Like he goes, Oh, I'm really sorry. And you know, he was apologizing all over himself, but it was too late. He already sent that. And it's not that there was anything wrong with his stuff, but I really just didn't even want that sneak peek. Even that little bit, like leave something to the imagination. The mystery is awesome. And so that's what I really liked about this guy is when he said to me, and he was so kind about it too. He's like, and, and, and the other thing that he said, which kind of like threw me is he's like, you already know you look good. Oh, oh my God. So that made me realize that on my Tinder profile, I have a picture of just my torso. It's like a side profile shot. And it's basically um, showing my, my hip tattoo it's really like focused on that, but it does show my whole, like my stomach and stuff. And, um, and it's like, it's a nude shot because there's no, yeah, but you can't see my boobs or anything. Um, anyways, I'm like, oh my God, that looks like I'm like super full of myself. So I took that down off of Tinder. Cause I all of a sudden realized like, yeah, the mystery's better. Oh my God. I, maybe other guys that have gone on my profile think like that's super tacky. I don't know. So I, I don't know. I shouldn't think that because this guy I'm talking about has a couple of pictures with his shirt off in his profile. So he's, you know, I, we want to see what the goods are. Obviously, I guess guys do too, but I would never want to come across that. I think I look so great because that's not how I feel. Believe me. So, um, anyways, I, I did delete that picture off my Tinder. Um, so I, I, I take this in what he says to me, like, you know, that, um, he wishes, the, or he just says, you know, yeah, send me a cute picture. So I sent him another picture of me in the car that I'd taken, I don't know, the other day for, I think it was for Instagram or something. I said, okay, this is what I should have sent you. This is me in the car the other day. And, um, and inside I'm just like, fuck, I shouldn't have sent him that picture of my back. Like I just felt so dumb. And, um, anyway, so whatever sometime that's when Thanksgiving went by and then a couple days and then we started talking yesterday morning and like our conversation yesterday was awesome and um I just it was fun like I was enjoying chit-chatting with him and having this little flirtation throughout my work day it was really nice and um he said are you sure because oh that's right he said he was that's when I realized that he actually was a fireman I said wait because he said he was working all the way until Tuesday morning and I was like who the hell works through till the next morning? I'm like, oh my God, he's a fireman. I feel like I'm saying that weird. He's a fireman, fireman, <laughs> fireman, um, whatever. I don't know why I can't say that word. Fireman, fireman. That sounds like I'm saying more than one. I don't know. Anyway, and he said, and even the way he responded to that was kind of like cool, like not in a like, oh, yeah, I am, baby. You want me to put your flames out? You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't say anything stupid like that. He was like, I said, um, he, no, yeah, he sent me a picture after that. He said, yeah, I am. He was very nonchalant about, nonchalant about it, which, again, super sexy. And then I said, um, I don't know, something. And he sent me a picture uh, of, like, the camera facing him. And 
yeah, he's like in beautiful shape. So I told him that I just spit my coffee out and I said, oh my gosh, like, wow. And um, he goes, oh, stop. And um, anyways, yeah, he's, he's cute. He's got a mustache. He's uh, 32. Um, and he's got a mullet, which I think is hysterical because like mullets are from my generation. And honestly, I think they're like sort of funny because they're, they're ironic. Like they're, they came from an era where like, we'd look back at them. We're like, oh my God, it's the worst hairstyle ever. Like they're really obviously extreme ones. His isn't extreme, but he does have a mullet and it's like, I like even had one in the eighties, but, um, it's, there's something about a guy being able to wear that because, maybe there's this like throwback to the eighties. That's a bad haircut, but you know, you're bold and you're wearing it now and you don't give a shit and that's sexy. So it's like, Hmm, I like this. I like that. He does that. That's really cute. So, um, anyways, he said, um, you should sneak by the station later. And I was like, that was in the beginning of the day. And I was like in the back of my mind going, God damn, is he serious? And so, um, we got to talking uh, about, you know, possibly meeting tonight. But then I said, hey, are you, were you, that's my pill. I didn't even bring it up here with me. I'm going to have to do it after. Anyways, um, uh, okay, where was I? So um, we get to talking about, oh yeah, I said, did you still, this is like at the end of the day. I'm like, did you really want me to stop by? Because I could have done that last night. I had the the freedom to do it. I didn't have Owen didn't have a basketball game or anything. And he said, um, I mean, he goes, I'm like 50, 50 serious. He goes, but I like, I probably shouldn't cause I don't want to lose my job. And I was like, Oh damn, no, I definitely don't want you to lose your job. And then I thought, well, now I really do want to make this work. I really do want to see him now. So I, um, go ahead and figure out for, tonight, uh, which was yesterday that my son had a basketball game in Carmel, but I couldn't get to it because I would have had to have left work at like three to be able to pick him up and take him. So I just decided to opt out of his game because his game started at five and I don't normally leave work until six. And I didn't really have an option for somebody to cover for me. So I wasn't going to go to his game. So I thought, okay, well, I will be free at six o'clock and I could, I could actually go meet him. So we basically say, uh, I bring up the red room, which is a bar in Santa Cruz. Um, and it's upstairs. God, it's like my old haunt. I used to go there like in like 2011 to 2013 around there. I was dating a guy who was younger than me and I'd always have to go out with him. And so ironic because he was like 27 to 30, but when I dated him and I was in my, I had, I was like 39 to 42 when I dated this guy. And now here I am like 52 and I'm still dating guys that age. But anyways, <laughs> um, so I say to him, um, that the red room, maybe that would work. And I like that the lighting's kind of like dark and sexy in there. So he says, Oh my God, I, I live right by there. Like I live right down the street. I'm like, perfect. I said, well, then we should meet there. And he goes, he goes, great. And he said something like, it's going to be so much fun. And I thought, that's really cute. I love this. He's like fun, you know? And, um, like it's not easy to make a connection on Tinder. And it's like, I'm, I, everything's been going right because there's, there's good chemistry through the texting. The pictures are looking good. Um, I like his, I just like 
the flow of all of it. So I'm now I'm really I am intrigued. And I'm like really looking forward to like meeting for a drink like a big grown up. And um, so I say he goes, it's a date and I hearted it. And that was the end of that. And so we might go home, go to work or, you know, the next day, which is today. And we didn't, you know, we didn't talk all day. I know that he had gotten off work, I don't know, sometime today, this morning or something. And then he had told me yesterday that he was going to have a lot of stuff to do. Um, so even if I needed to go do anything with my kids, you know, we could meet up later. And so I was like, um, yeah, that's, that's totally fine. So I worked today and I hadn't heard anything. And it's, you know, getting dark at like five o'clock. And I'm like, I don't know, like it's five o'clock. I'm going to be like getting off in an hour. And I still don't know what time we're meeting. We haven't discussed that. So I kind of was waiting for him to say something, but then I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll just send him a text and find out what time he wants to meet. So I sent him a text and I say, Hey, what time would work for you later or whatever? And he doesn't respond. And so, of course, little miss paranoid <laughs> that I am. I start going, huh, like, mm. he's like, we had no trouble going back and forth yesterday with texting. Haven't heard from him for almost 24 hours and it's getting, it's like dark out and he's already, it's already been like over 20 minutes and he hasn't responded. So I'm like getting that sinking feeling that something's not right. And he's lost interest for some reason. And it sucks because I was really looking forward to meeting him. And so I have this weird thought that what if he somehow found me and he saw my Instagram and, um, ironically, all I've been talking about lately is disclosure laws and disclosing and the, why I feel it's so important that we don't have to disclose and that I will probably more than likely never disclose to anybody prior to meeting them. Um, but would at eventually would eventually at some point only because I have, um, so much stuff out on the internet that I wouldn't want them to find out and be like, what the fuck? Why didn't you tell me? So I, um, but that's how I feel about it. But if I didn't have any social media about it, I would never tell anybody. I would never say a thing. So there's no point. So anyways, um, so I do, I get a little paranoid all of a sudden and I, go to my Instagram story and I decide to scroll through to see who's seen my story. And I have a lot of stories up at the moment. And, um, and I, I go through and something catches my eye because his name is Sean S E A N Sean. And there's a few different ways to spell Sean, but that one is, that's the way he spells it. And I look closer and there's a fire engine as his photo. And I'm like, mother fuck. He found my Instagram. Oh my God. I, all of the blood, all of the blood drained from my body in that moment. I was just in my office. This was like, I don't know what it is. Nine o'clock right now. This was at like three and a half hours ago. I felt all the blood drained from my body. My whole body started to like, I was shaking. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Like this, I fucking hate having HIV. Like I normally don't even care, right? But this goddamn stigma is fucking up my love life. And um, so I, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, it's him. It's gotta be him. I, I mean, there's just, there's no way it's not him. So I write to him and I say, 
I'm literally losing it because I'm like positive. It's how could it not be him? Right. And, um, I just write, <laughs> I like full on accusing him. I just said, you saw my, my IG story. I just write that. Cause my set, it says, Hey, what time works for you tonight? He, he had not responded. And, um, and so I say, you saw my IG story. I said, I'm sorry. And these are all separate texts. Like I'm, I'm was losing it. I said, I'm sorry. You feel whatever you are feeling, but you have to know that I can't give this to you. And then I, and then I send him, oh, this is so good. Just wait till you hear it. So then I sent him the prevention access website going right to the fact page with the first question being, can somebody with HIV who's undetectable transmit HIV? You do the drop down. It says, no, somebody with an undetectable viral load cannot. And it goes into the full explanation. And then I say in a separate text, again, like this is four freaking text messages in a row. I say, I would never put anyone at risk. I take my pill and that's all it is. This is what he writes back. (laughs) I'm dying right now. Um, like four minutes later, what question mark? I'm like, what? Okay. And by the way, I'm walking all of the little elementary school kids and it is black pitch black out right now. Cause it's, you know, five 30 and it's super dark here in California at five 30 right now. I'm trying to get the kids on the bus and I'm like, my brain is like spinning. Like I'm all over the place. Like what is happening? He writes what with a question mark. I said, are you Sean Adams? Question mark. And he says, no. I say, never mind then. And he goes, ha ha. I think you have some explaining to do. And I put meet me and I will. And I, what I did is I went into the office and I told Denise about what had happened. I work with Denise. This, she's awesome. I said, I literally fell on the ground in the office I laid on the floor. I said, oh my God, Denise, she didn't know any of this was going on while I was texting. She had no clue. Um, And anyways, I said, you're not going to believe it. This is what just happened. I am so stupid. It's like I put my foot in my mouth and I didn't even know I didn't need to. So I said, meet me and I will explain things. And he says, I think there's some explaining to do before I meet you. And then that was like, oh, that's the beginning feeling of, oh, I have to explain myself. Like, this is shitty. I don't want to fucking explain myself. Like, you know, this just sucks, you know? So I say, I'll call you when I'm off. And it was about 545 at that point. I was off in like 15 minutes. So I sent him the screenshot of this person, Sean Adams. Hi, Sean Adams, if you are listening, um, with the picture of the fire engine (laughs) as the profile picture. And I say, um, that's not you. And he just writes back, not me. I'm like, oh my God. And now I feel like he is like, this is obviously not a flirtatious conversation anymore. And he's not really asking me anything. I mean, the ha ha was a little bit of a relief, like, ha ha. I think you have some explaining to do. And I was like, okay, he's nice. Um, cause he could have just not said anything to me, which is what I thought was happening. I thought I was being ghosted, which hurts a lot regardless, but it hurts even more if someone ghosts you because they know you have HIV. It's just super shitty. It just is because those that are HIV positive, we all know what the truth is about this and we don't even get a chance to explain ourselves. We're just cast aside 
and that's what hurts. So anyways, um, I, it was about six Oh five or something. I was just about to leave work and I was going to call him, but like at this point I needed to go home and go to the bathroom because <laughs> my guts were a mess and I was really like feeling upset. And I told my girlfriend Kira in New York, I said, I've got to go home and like, just be alone for a second and then I'm going to call him. But then he texts me as I'm walking to my car and he says, what's the story? Just text me. And I tell Kira I'm on the phone with her. My friend Kira knows everything. And so, um, about, you know, everything. That's all we do is talk about boys. And so I say, um, I say, Kira, I gotta go. I'm just going to call him right now. So I call him, even though he told me just to text him. I thought, no, I don't want to text this. Like this isn't, there's so much I have to say, like, I can't just text this. And it's like, I've kind of already explained it because I sent him the prevention access website. I said, it's just a pill a day. I said, I can't give this to you. I said, I can't harm you. Like I kind of already said that, but I, there's so much more. If you want to know the story, I can't just text the story. Like it's, it's not that simple. So I call him which I know was intrusive because he asked me to text him, but I just didn't care. And then I get a text from him while I'm calling him. And it says, he just says on the phone. And I'm like, he is 100% blowing me off. He does not want to talk to me. I'm like, this is all the paranoia we go through in our heads. And I'm like, that's it. He doesn't, he doesn't want to talk to me. So I'm like, I'm not going to hear from him. So I get home. I live very close to the school, like less than a mile away. And, um, Oh, I did say to him, I would really prefer to talk to you. And so I really don't think I'm going to hear from him at all. What do you know? 15 minutes later, his picture, <laughs> cute freaking picture, Sean's on my phone. I'm like, well, goddamn. All right. <laughs> He's calling good, good, good. So I pick up, hey, and I'm nervous. I am. And you know, <laughs> this is so like, it's crazy because I talk about this shit all the time. And I talk about like how easy it is to disclose at times because it has been at times and guys have been cool about it. Um, but I'm, some of the guys I've dated are like, I don't know, they're more easily convinced, I guess. But this guy is, um, he's a fireman. Like I know he's not a dummy. Um, he's a smart guy, you know? And so I felt like it would be maybe harder to, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just was like a little concerned that he's obviously uh, more intelligent than some of the guys I've probably hung out with. So um, I answer and, I, or you know, hey, okay, so here's the thing. So I start, first of all, I'm just like laughing about the fact that Mother F, I can't believe that was not you because I told him I... <laughs> Yeah, I got super paranoid, looked through my list, and there's a guy named Sean. He thought that I, that it was a, he explained it to me. He goes, yeah, when you sent me that, he goes, I thought, oh, I can't even remember what he said. Something about that he thought that it was like an ex-boyfriend of mine, and somehow he thought that I didn't believe who he was or something. I don't know. It was really confusing. But he went a different direction with thinking that I thought his name was Sean Adams. Um, <laughs> what a freaking mess. And so I say, okay, so here's the deal. So I kind of spew out as much as I can. You know, this is the deal. I got HIV in 2016. I was really sick. Like I could have 
probably died. I'm really healthy today. I'm normal. I take a pill a day. Da, da, da. And so, but I do, I am nervous. Like I feel like my heart is in my throat because I really wanted to meet him. You know, it, it's hard to get to these points where you've got a connection and it's, you know, to meet somebody that you, where everything seems to be kind of on the right track. And now I got this fucking speed bump. So, um, and it's not like I wouldn't have told him, but it's not something I'm going to tell him like right away for sure. So I am, he says, which was interesting. He said, well, I got to tell you, uh, and by the way, yeah, he's a paramedic. So he's fully like medically trained and he knows, he says, I'm actually kind of geeking out on this right now. And he kind of laughed, loved his personality. I have to say right off. I'm like, oh my God, so refreshing because he was taking this information and being medical about it, which was really cool. And he said, okay, so like, I'm so curious. So like if you test for it and you're, you look like you don't have HIV, like you're undetectable. And by the way, he said, I'm so sorry. Shit, that sucks. I'm so sorry that you went through that. Like very nice. Like, and I said, oh, like, no, don't worry. Don't worry. It's turned into like a really amazing journey. I'm lucky. Like I advocate and I help people and all of that. But anyways, um, yeah. So he wanted to know like how it was possible to, uh, you know, for the labs that they don't pick it up if I still truly have it. So I explained the whole thing about the latent reservoir and I'm like, cool, I can get like kind of like scientific with him and he get, he'll get it. And so I explained to him like about the CD4 cells and how I explained the Pac-Man Pac analogy, how Pac-Man's basically, which is my medication is sitting there at the gates, uh, the four tunnels on, on the game at all times. And so the virus can't ever come back into my free flowing blood. Therefore I am undetectable. I explained to him about my ex boyfriends who never got it from me when I was not on treatment and had a really high viral load and how uncommon it is for a woman to transmit anyways, even without treatment. But now that I'm on treatment, it's actually impossible. I would say it was pretty damn close to impossible before. There's a lot of information to taken and regurgitate and all that. But we talked for 45 minutes and it felt, um, it felt really good. In fact, I kind of kept waiting for him to say, cause I thought, isn't this all convincing enough? Like I kind of kept waiting for him to say, well, let's meet, but he wasn't. So I, um, I finally, after a while and like, it was good. I got to know a lot about him too. And it was good to talk to him about his career. He pretty much just jumped out of high school and like became a fireman. Like he's been doing this for, I think 11 years. I think he said nine years with firefighting maybe, but like literally like he did this like right out of high school. So that's impressive too. Like, I like that. Um, and I like that he was feeling geeked out about different things, um, related to my diagnosis. And he said, honestly, he goes, I really didn't think that it was around much anymore. He goes, it's not something you hear about. And, um, he said, you know, I used to get tested all the time and I did have a doctor tell me, he goes, well, I tested for everything all the time. He goes, I was a bit of a fuck boy, which I'm like, that's cute. But he said that he, I said, you tested for HIV. He goes, oh yeah, like I would test for everything. He goes, and the doctor told me like, he's seen it like, mm, uh, like a little, like very rarely he's seen it, like a couple times he goes, but in general, like you don't see hetero men with HIV. And he said, so I'm not like worried about that one. And he, so Sean asked me, you know, so if I, you, you're telling me that I, if I am a heterosexual man and I never have sex with men and I never share needles for drugs 
and there's never any other like medical like you know accident with a needle or anything he was like i'm not gonna get hiv from a woman i said well first of all the odds of you even finding a woman with hiv are pretty freaking slim i said but the odds of you getting it from her are even slimmer so i said yeah it's it's this is not something hetero men get from women and so um he's like wow and so um you know and i'm thinking this is all very convincing like why is he not asking to meet me yet? <laughs> so I say to him, um, you know, so <laughs> uh, what about getting that drink? Like I finally bring it up because I'm like, how much longer can we talk about firefighting and my HIV diagnosis? Like this is hanging over my head. What is the what's the finality of this? Like what's going to happen? I want to know the next step. I'm a little impatient because it's my it's my everything on the line right now, how I feel about this. And it, it will hurt if he doesn't want to see me. And so he said, okay, so you've got to like understand my perspective. And I, oh, here we go. And he goes, and he, you can tell, like, he's, he's friendly. Like I could tell he was like smiling while he was talking to me. Like I could really feel that. And he said, but I like, let me do my research and, um, and he goes, you know, and he said, it's not, nothing personal. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, it actually is personal because you wanted to meet me before you knew this. So it is personal. I do take it personally. I said, but I understand too. And I said, you know, um, you know, if you want my social media stuff, you can see that too. Um, and then I was like, oh God, do I want him to see any of that stuff? I'm like, oh shit. And he goes, no, send it, send it all or whatever. So I send him, uh, so I say, okay. And I say, what was the last thing we said? Um, I don't know. Like he was just like, just let me, you know, regurgitate it. Like, let me, let me look it up or whatever. Do my, my research on it and let me let it, it like sit. You know, I was going to say fester. That would have been a great word. Uh, but uh, not regurgitate it, but you know what I mean? Let it settle. Let him think about it. Let him take his time. And I, you know, everything's in my favor, but I still have this horrible gut feeling that it will not turn out the way I want it to because that's how stigma is. And so I'm at its mercy right now. And I said, all right, I totally understand. What can I do? Beg him to go meet me? Like, you know, and he said, I think you're cool as fuck. And I'm like, yeah, you are too. Like I really, you know, and I, but then I also jokingly said, you know, there was no guarantee, uh, you were going to get laid anyways. And I just want to let you know that I would want you to wear something anyways, because, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know where you've been. And he kind of came back at me and said something like, well, uh, yeah, there's no guarantee. Like I was going to give it up or something. I'm like, Oh, okay. But anyways, um, so yeah, I am at stigma's mercy at the moment. And it's all kind of crazy how it all went down. Um, he did ask me, he goes, Would, were you not going to tell me? And I said, I wasn't going to tell you. N I wouldn't have said anything tonight, more than likely. I said, but there's nothing to tell. I said, and it, it's like, but I said, eventually I would have if, yeah, if we were still hanging out because I wouldn't want you to find out through the internet and then be like, what the fuck? Um, so in some ways it's good that he, this all went down the way it did. It really, it was all truly just because I was paranoid and I, I misconstrued everything. If I had just waited 
<laughs> a little bit longer, he probably would have said, meet me at seven, you know, but nope, that didn't happen. So now I wait, which sucks. I do not like waiting at all. Um, especially when this is what I'm waiting is for him to make a decision on whether I'm worth it, even, you know, and hopefully he will, um, he will do his research and be fine with it. Um, like I said, it hasn't been an issue with people that I've met already. It's the people that haven't met me yet, but he also has my social media to look at. So he's got like, I'm like, there's a lot, you're going to see a lot. Like it's, it might even annoy him. I don't know. So, um, but he was like, he was cool about seeing it all. So I have no idea at this point. It's been about an hour and a half and he has said nothing. So, uh, since we no, it's been two, two and a half hours since I sent him my, um, my, uh, YouTube and my Instagram. That's when we got off. Okay. So yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I'll just have to keep you guys updated on, uh, on whatever happens. And, you know, he could like stupid me. I, I keep wondering if he's just going to straight up and match me on Tinder, but he seems like a nice person. I don't think he'd do that. I'm like literally checking right now. Okay. He's still there. It, it's so stupid. I hate this. I hate being, uh, this, like I'm clinging on and it, it's not a good feeling. It's really not a good feeling. The ball is in his court. And this is why I feel that disclosure is not needed when we have, um, U equals you. I really, I feel so strongly about that. And I'm, I'm going through it right now. I'm going through it. I know how bad this feels for anyone else who's going through it and wants to share this information or has shared this information. And you're getting, you're in this position now where someone's trying to make a decision on whether you're worth it, even though nothing will happen to them. And it's a bad feeling. Um, and yeah, so, um, kind of moving away from that a little bit. And I did want to, I had so much stuff on disclosure that I wanted to talk about. I don't know if I'm in the right mindset to, to talk about it. Cause it's kind of been ramping up on my TikToks and my Instagram and, um, but, um, yeah. Okay. One thing I wanted to say about you equals you is that that was a big deal when you equals you first came out in 2016. And that's only social media talking about it. That was Bruce Richmond having a, um, basically a contract that ASOs would sign aid so service organizations and government agencies would sign this. Um, oh, there's another name for it. It's the consensus statement that he came up with, um, with another person. And I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Um, but anyways, the consensus statement was written like the month before I was diagnosed. It's so crazy. Um, my diagnosis went hand in hand with the U equals U campaign. So anyways, that information came out and it was like, oh my God, we can actually tell our partners that we can't transmit. Like, this is amazing. It's going to open up everything for us. We'll be able to live a normal life. We'll be able to have sex with our partners without worrying and all of this, right? Well, yeah, it's great for the people that have HIV to be able to share this information. But on the other side of that is people who are HIV negative, who have a lot of trouble understanding it and believing it because the stigma is so bad. So now we're, we're, we're in this position now where we have this information, but we still 
have to deal with stigma. So it doesn't erase the stigma. It's not like, oh, we have this information about you equals you. And it's going to be a walk in the park now when we go to date because we can just say you equals you. No, it, it's not that simple. And that's why I think the non-disclosure laws have to change. They have to change because this shouldn't be um, something that you have to talk about if you don't want to because we can't transmit it. So there, we should be protected, I, I feel. So I am frustrated that this is not being spoken about more by advocates, that it's not being pushed more, this narrative of us not having to, to disclose. I feel that the way that they talk about you equals you non-disclosure should also be something that they're screaming from the rooftops because here's what happens when you disclose and you're a private person. You can be at risk for violence, especially women and transmit women. Once you've shared your diagnosis, you can even be um, subject to being killed. I mean, I'm not being like overdramatic. Like this is for real. If somebody feels like you've exposed them or that you thought you were going to or whatever. The other thing is that people take this information and this is probably more common and they will tell everybody. This is private health information that you don't want shared. You're already dealing with enough as an HIV positive person having to like have this diagnosis define you and all this shit when it doesn't need to. So I do know several people who have people have found out about the diagnosis or they've shared it with somebody. And then that person went all over the place and told people you destroyed this person's life because they had to share medical information that really isn't any of their business. And I know somebody who I'm somebody who I think will go and do a podcast with me had a family member actually go on Facebook and smear his name. This was his sister said, if you've slept with my brother, you should probably go get tested for AIDS. I think that's how she actually said it, sadly enough. So there's, there's all of that too. Once your private information comes out of your mouth about HIV and you give that to somebody else, you don't know what, what's going to happen with that information that puts us at risk for so many things. And like the way I feel right now about this conversation with him, it's, I just want to scream because I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. I just want to be normal and not have to fucking talk about this shit to anybody because now it's defining me and it doesn't need to. It sucks. It sucks. So, um, anyways, um, more about that. I'm looking at my notes. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. That the smear campaign is just the worst. And I, I, so many people write to me and say, you know, I just, I wanted to kill myself when I found out I had, I had HIV. And that's another thing, like the trauma that we go through with this diagnosis, getting the goddamn diagnosis and all of that, like I was talking about the today on my story because I was like, It shows the date my blood was drawn. It shows the date the report was done. Um, And it shows the date that, or the date that it was received. And then it says the date that I was reported. The date that I was reported. So I'm, this is like, I'm a brand brand new, newly diagnosed HIV positive person. And I'm looking at a date 
that I have been reported to the government, my name, like I feel already like I'm a criminal, you know, and you're, you're trying to wrap your brain around the fact that you have HIV. What does this even mean for you now? Like your whole identity has changed. These three letters have changed your complete identity. And what is your life now? And you see on your first paperwork that you've been reported. And I've had several people write to me today saying that they had like health departments, like calling them at work, demanding, you know, the names of numbers of people they've been with. And um, saying somebody had written to me, a gay male who had written me and said that they were like, like harassing him at his job. Like he just got diagnosed with HIV as if he was trying to get it and give it to other people, you know, like he's already trying to wrap his brain around the fact that he's got it now. And like, that's how hard that is. And now he's got, you know, government agencies calling him saying, we needed the name and number of all the people that you slept with in the last, whatever, how many years. And he goes, I don't have that information. And this person says to him, how do you not have the information of the people you've slept with? Like literally, um, degrading him. You know, so, and this is health department people. These are people that should know how to deal with stigma. I don't know why, but they didn't do that to me. I did not get asked by Santa Cruz County Health to give any information about the people that I had been with that I could have exposed. I did contact everybody that I'd been with, but um, I don't know why they didn't, they didn't contact me or bother me in any way. And I remember my home nurse maybe that she said something to them because she was just like, don't bother her. Like they were, they were really pissed about how I never got the call from the health department in San Sacramento um, County where Eric had been diagnosed. You know, they were really, they were livid about it because they were like, you never would have had to get sick like this if you had had that phone call, you know? I mean, it's, that's so nice of her to be mad, but really, I mean, it was my fault for never testing too, but you know how I feel about that. Um, but anyways, um, so yeah, where was I? I just lost my whole train of thought here. I get like so worked up, but anyways, yeah. Making people who have been diagnosed feel like shit about their diagnosis and, you know, saying that they've been reported and it's the worst. It's the worst. You're still just trying to wrap your brain around the fact that HIV is now part of your identity. It's, it's not, it's very, very hard. So, um, um, oh yeah, this is another thing that I thought of. So this, the stigma does not make sense with the treatment today. doesn't make any sense. So like, let's say HIV came out and they came up with a treatment like that. There never would have been stigma and we would have gone on our jolly old way and no one would have ever thought anything of it like the way it is. But there was 40 years. There's, well, I'm, I'm literally dealing with 40 years of stigma in my personal vagina. Like literally, that's what I have to deal with to try to get laid. I have to like deal with 40 years of stigma that has nothing to do with me. And the treatment today doesn't correspond at all with the stigma, but we're still sitting here with it, with it breathing down our goddamn necks and our backs or whatever. And I feel like that is how unfair that is for all of us who are HIV positive. It's just, it's bloody unfair. And so um, it's like being re-traumatized every time I want to meet somebody. So I'm already punished for the fact that I got this. I got it. I mean, it sucked. I got really sick. That was bad enough, right? Psychologically, I feel fine on my own. I don't care that I have it. But when it comes down to 
interpersonal, intrapersonal relationships with people, intimate relationships with people, I care about it because this is where it will affect me. That's where it's going to affect me the most. Um, and I feel like if you're in an area where they want you to disclose, it's like repunishing that HIV positive person. Like, mm, you got it. So now you've got to deal with the punishment. And like I said in my last podcast, I believe I said this, you know, think about the women who got this from their husbands who were cheating on them with men who never knew they were positive until they freaking got super sick or got pregnant. And they said, or they're freaking, I know women whose babies died and they didn't know why they died until they found out they had HIV. And then guess what? They test the mom, find out she got it. And then they, guess what? They find out the dad was having sex with men. So this is another. And so those moms have to go on now and try to date and they have to deal with stigma and trying to date again and having to disclose and feeling punished for something that they didn't even do. Like they're such freaking victims. It's just, it's insane. Um, I am not a victim, by the way. I don't feel that I'm a victim of this. I, I feel like I'm a victim of the 40 years of stigma because I didn't get it in the 80s. I didn't get it then. Um, and I don't feel, and I feel like it should be wiped clear for all of us now. It should just be, but we can't, we can't wipe that from everybody's brains because it doesn't work that way. So, um, yeah, so that, that frustrates me. So then I've been getting in an argument um, with this lady on TikTok about disclosing and, you know, I get the, you know, when you're HIV negative and I get it, I used to be HIV negative. I probably would have had the same argument, but you know, I still really feel like it's your duty to share your diagnosis and let them decide on the situation. And I said, what situation? There is no situation. So if you think there's a situation, then you don't understand how our medication works today and how, what the studies, you know, found there is no situation because I can't transmit it. So what's the situation? Why do I need to bring my medical records to a date? Like it doesn't make any sense. Plus, <laughs> whoever I meet, um, and by the way, people will say, oh, you should always get tested before you have sex with somebody. Okay, well, first of all, there's something called window periods. And um, if you're testing for HIV, there is a window period. So um, it's going to take at least four to six weeks for that to show up on an antibody, antibody test. So say somebody, you know, gets tested and they're negative. doesn't mean they're negative. I mean, they could still have it technically, and it just didn't show up yet. Also, who's to say that somebody doesn't go have sex with somebody maybe right after they got tested for an STI and they got another one? Who's to say? You do not know. You know, so waiting for test results from people is the stupidest thing. I'm sorry. I really don't see the point in all that. My point is, is that you need to just protect your own damn self. That's all. You protect yourself. If you don't want something, then, you know, slap a condom on or bring one to the party. I'm sorry, but it's your responsibility to protect yourself. Um, and uh, what was my other point on the testing? Oh, people forge results. Like, that's a thing for sure. We have the internet. I mean, let's say somebody has HIV and they're so panicked about somebody finding out and they don't want you to know, they could easily do that on the internet and have somebody else's name or whatever, you know, <laughs> white out. I don't know. Um, and that could be for, you know, any STI. Somebody could forge anything they want. Um, that's my daughter. What is she saying? 
Oh my God. She needs to go to the dentist. Anyways. Um, and then for herpes, there is no testing for herpes because I'm going to turn my phone off because she's going to keep sending me stuff. Um, because, um, unless you have a lesion or like a blister that's currently happening, they don't test for it because the antibody test is, they say like the, having false positives is very common and the stress that it causes people and that it doesn't reduce anything. Uh, it doesn't reduce sexual, um, activity. They said, I've looked this up on the internet, um, that because of the stress of thinking you have a positive and that it won't actually decrease any kind of sexual activity, it typically doesn't like deter anybody, um, that they have found that there is just, they just don't test for herpes because it's so common and it's, it's not, um, it's not, uh, it doesn't affect your life in any way. It's not going to make you like a sick person or anything. So it doesn't have detrimental, you know, consequences so that you, there is no testing for herpes unless you have a lesion or a blister and they can test directly from it. Um, you're so yeah. How many people are walking around with herpes? Like so many people and a lot of people have it and will never show a sign of it. Will never. And they could say that they don't have it because they've never shown a sign of it. That doesn't mean you don't have it. You could definitely still have it. So that's how herpes is. It sits for a long time and it may never come up, but you still have it. So you just don't know. Like that's a, that's one that has so many different ways around it that that's why they don't test for it. So those are all my reasons why I think testing before you have sex with somebody is fucking stupid and ludicrous. So, um, but Hey, you know, punish the person who's in care myself and takes goddamn good care of herself and knows for sure she can't transmit it and put a law on me and make me have to tell my medical information to a potential intimate partner. When are they coming with their medical information to a date with me? I don't think so. There's nothing protecting me from them except for me making sure that they have a condom on. Like that's the, that's the best thing y'all can do. So that's where I am with all of this right now. Um, yeah. Seeing if there's anything else I forgot. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to end this here. Um, you know, I'll keep you guys updated. You know, he has, like I said, he has my social media stuff now. So I don't know. He might even hear this. I'd never told him I had a podcast, but it's not hard to find it if you like look at my Instagram. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll definitely at least, at least tell you if it all went south or I never heard from him again. Cross your fingers for me. <laughs> I need to meet somebody nice. It would be really nice. All right, guys, have a good one. Thanks for listening to my rant today. I love you all. Bye-bye for now. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.